Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the LSC Red Poets podcast. Tonight, as usual, I'm joined by my partners in crime, Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton. And also tonight, we're joined by Mike Wilson. Tonight's show isn't the one we'd originally planned to do. With all that's happened in the last 24 hours or so, we thought it'd be appropriate to have a chat about the Saudi Arabian bids for Jordan Henderson and Fabinho, and also the the question mark over, is Thiago going to stay or not? And if we do accept bids and the players concerned do leave, who are we looking to bring in to, to bolster the, mid, the midfield? So who better to start with than Tommy? So come on, Tom, give us your words of wisdom on this. Yeah, do you know what, Les? I was shocked this morning when I first heard that come in. You know, when you, you text me to say about Fabinho, I knew about Jordan Henderson because I'd read a couple of pieces by James J, JP, James Pierce. And um, so I knew that there was speculation about him and Stephen Gerrard. So I was thinking, well, if, if, if an offer comes in for him, and he's at that he's that age, he'll probably he'll probably accept that deal. And like it'll be a it'll be one in and one out. And then when you text this morning to say that they'd made a 40, 40 million pound bid for for Bino, then it becomes a, a, a bit serious then. And you, you start to look at things a little bit differently. And I was thinking to lose one player with a winning mentality is bad to lose two players with a winning mentality and and winning not just winning mentality but leadership qualities in the dressing room plus what the other thing I was thinking about Fabinho's the the last link to to Alison Becker you know when they had a little structure of Firmino and Alison and Fabinho and and to lose that as well it, it leaves it leaves all kinds of question marks there, doesn't it? So, I'm a, I, while I, I I wouldn't be shocked to be brutally honest if two of them went, I really hope they don't come in with a bid for for Thiago, which because I think at this age and with football, everyone's got a price, and I and I think they'd take the price if a good enough price come in with the three, and then it. From what we started talking about, evolution now becomes a revolution, really, doesn't it? Mike, what uh, what what's your thoughts on the current situation? I, I'm a great. It's a weird. I'm a great believer in. I don't believe anything in the press until certain people start talking about it. Unfortunately, those certain people have started talking about it, um, and that came around really quickly. So it's it, it's pretty scary, isn't it? Really. Uh, for for me, you know, if 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 one comes, at, you know, somebody comes in for one of them, uh, you think, all right, fine. Uh, if we get a bit of money, we can replace them. The the concept of all three, I mean, it's a bit worrying. The the one for me that that I wouldn't want to see go, and we may have no choice in it, is is Henderson purely and simply because. He and Milner were the lifeblood of the leadership team. And I, I saw him as being quite key to kind of uh, McAllister and Zabal, uh, Dominic coming in, um, Sabosli coming. 
and, and helping them settle in. Um, if they come in and the whole of the rest of the experienced midfield is ripped away, it becomes a bit scary, doesn't it? So it, it's a bit of a worry. Uh, the other thing about Henderson is, of course, he's homegrown. And we and we, we can't forget the fact that it's unlikely that if we were to replace Henderson, we'd replace him with a homegrown player, unless you're going to go out and buy someone like James Ward-Prowse or something like that. Um, it's unlikely that we'd replace him with the purchase of a homegrown player. Um a couple of weeks ago, I heard us link with Calvin Phillips, but I can't see that. I don't know. It's all a bit scary. I will, I will wait until there's there's proper facts because they haven't. Even, this forty million pound bid for Fabinho hasn't actually been bid yet. It's just just talk, but it's very strong talk. Apparently, Mike, um, when I was speaking to to JP before, and Pete can come in um, after this. JP was saying that the way the Saudis do business is that they, they get agreement with the players first and then approach the clubs. So for, for there to be a talk of a of a bid for Fabinho of 40 million quid, Fabinho through his agent must have agreed to go. So that's that's what that's what J, JP said to me when I spoke to him at lunchtime. So Pete, you're scared, yeah, is a little bit of you know, excitement about you know what could happen next in terms of the incomings is a little bit of a mixture of both. Would you are you still hopeful that maybe Henderson might stay or Fabinho might stay or or what what go on give us just give us your overview of the whole situation. Probably a bit of both to be honest because as you know we lost we lost four straight away at the end of the season including Millie and Oxlade Chamberlain and that and then for the same the same part of the team to be decimated yet again. Um, you know, it, it's, I just don't know who's going to fill them boots. Out of the ones who, who are being named, i.e. Jordan and Fabinho, I'd, I'd rather retain Jordan Henderson. Um, but then, you know, Thiago's name's being bandied about as another possible. And then, depending on who you bring in, it, 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 who's the leader who's, who's left of all three, go? I mean, you, you've got like... You've got like the Bash Street kids, haven't you? You've got your favourites, Elias, and you've got like Curtis Jones, and you've got Stefan. And then obviously you've got the new lads, you know, in, in McAllister and Subosly. But who's, who's going to be the leader out of that pack? Unless one, you know, I, I would prefer at least one of them to stay. And out of the three that are, are being named as possibles to go, um, as much as I love Thiago, his injury, his injury record probably is outweighed for keeping Jordan Henderson there. And, and I, never, I never even thought of the, the point that Mike just made about homegrown as well, which might come into the equation. But as you say, if you've spoken to JP and that's the way that business is done, it's almost like, you know, the approach to players, the agents, will you come? Yeah, I will. And then it's, you know, the club are the last ones to, to have any sort of say in it. But I've heard something about, it depends on who you read. Uh, and like Mike says, you don't believe anything until it's on the dotted line. But, you know, there's there's even some talk that the Saudis want him on a free, which is bloody ludicrous, to be honest. Um, so I'm sure Liverpool are out there. They're always actively looking for replacements, even at managerial level, because you don't know what's around the corner. You really don't. So as a, as a club, you would hope that every position in that team 
they've got someone in, in mind should the worst happen. Um, I mean, I said a few weeks ago when we were speaking um, before any transfer window was open, and, and the one for me would be the lad from Brighton, Caicedo. I think he's leaning more towards going to Chelsea. I think the bright lights of London uh, are sort of calling him. But I would like him, if if somebody goes, I would certainly like him to come in, into midfield. But there'll be others out there because Dominic didn't even know anything about him, to be honest. And, and then he signed in, in, a, in a blink of an eye. So I'm sure Liverpool are working behind the scenes should, should, um, should the worst happen. But... If, even if two go, it's a blow. But if the three of them go, it's even worse, you know. Tom, what, what, just thinking about what Pete said there with regard to, you know, it creating a problem with the homegrown quota. You know, if we if we signed Lavia, he'd be homegrown in like a couple of years, but he's only nineteen. So to so to just sign him, and basically he'd be your you're only really number six, wouldn't he? Because you know it, the, the the first two at the moment, or or a couple of nights ago, you were thinking would be vying for the six. Whether what you thought of the form last season or whatever would be Henderson and Fabinho. Now by this time tomorrow, both of those could be out the door. So if we're then if we're then sort of going to bring in Lavia, who's a nineteen year old. Surely we've got to be looking for a more experienced six to go in and come in and share the workload. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Les. Yeah, we looked, I think, I think we were, were looking when me and you were talking to Jordan the week and Peter, I think we were saying Curtis Jones had played six for England and, and had done really well. But again, he's young and inexperienced. Do you know what? As much as I believe that if a price come in for Thiago, he'd go, I, I, I can't... I'd be amazed. Do you know what? Knowing FSG, look at a business model, they look at it, if they could get money for the three of them and big money, everyone's got a price and everyone would go. But surely, for the good of the team, you've got to keep one of them haven't you? And as you say, I think Fabinho would be the one I'd look at and, and, and think. I know everyone might say Anderson for what he gives and I, and I do, but Anderson's 33. He can, he can play X amounts of time in the game and like, you know, he can come on and give you 50 or 45 or 60 minutes. But if you're going to have him as as the main lad, and then sort of Bacetic or or Bacetic or Cases or even Lafayette playing as a six, they're going to be, and don't forget, it's going to be quite difficult for them to settle, isn't it? And also, don't forget, we're settling a whole new midfield, aren't we? We're going to be starting basically afresh with literally people that have never played basically together, Cases and Bacetic have, and so has Trent has come into the into the equation, but three new players are going to be coming in and playing a key role. So I'm with you. I think we'd have to be looking for a more experienced player. I agree with Peter. I think if serious money, if serious money come in for the, for the three of them and he went, I would go for Casado. And I think 
I think when you say, you know, he's got the bright lights of Chelsea, I think if Liverpool come calling and the opportunity to link up with McAllister again, I'm sure. And I'm... Our money's as good as anybody else's, you know. Like when it comes down to it, you know what I mean. If they're willing to pay the, if they're willing to pay the amount of money to get him, then I'm sure Liverpool would do it if it was the right thing. But again, he's only 21, isn't he? 21, 22. Yeah, but at least he's had a couple of years in the in the Premier League. So, I mean, Mike, as we're as we're recording this, um, reports of Saudi Arabia are just coming in to say that the deal for Fabinho is done. So, and that would tie in with what I was basically told by JP at lunchtime today, that, you know, basically the, you know, if they're going to be putting in bids of around 40 million quid, then the players already agreed to go. Um, so, what, so, yeah, what camp are you in? Would you be, would you be happier with, happy with Lavia coming in as a replacement for Fabinho, or are you thinking, you know, we definitely need a more experienced, you know, number six as well? Because even if, even if the likes of they went back in for Taram or Kone, you know, they're still very, well, they've never played in the Premier League before. And, you know, I think, I think if you asked every Liverpoolian, we'd all agree that, you know, Conceda would be the one. And if, you know, I put on, on Twitter uh, uh, this morning when I, when I heard that you know the Fabinho bid had been made, that Liverpool should immediately be on the phone to Brighton and and can save those agents to see one if he wants to come and two what the fee is and if they get any encouragement, then let's get the deal done. So, what what's your thoughts, Mike? If it were just Fabinho on his own and the bid came in and uh, we got forty million for him. I, I, Southampton want like 10 more million than that for, for Lavia. Looks a decent player. Uh, if Henderson was still there to help him settle in, I'd be I'd be fine with that. I, I guess if you're going to lose all three, you're going to need to replace them with two. So how much are you going to get for all three? And where, where are you going to get your experience to sit alongside that? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's just a bit mad. The, the, the worst thing about all this is, is this is exactly what Klopp doesn't like. He, he's already, I think it was Pete said, we've already lost four at the end of last season. Klopp likes two or three changes, and then two or three changes next time, and then one or two changes. He doesn't like wholesale changes. It mucks up the way he works. It mucks up the way that he. Uh, introduces players and he also introduces players quite a lot of the players Fabinho being one Robertson being another uh, he introduces them gradually well if you're going to sell all your first choice midfield um, you, you're going to be struggling aren't you you're going to have to throw them in aren't you so it's I don't know what to make of it it's just a, a strange situation the worst thing about all this is I, I just think this is the tip of the iceberg I think the Saudis will buy their way into the Champions League and it will be the death knell for football in Europe. I believe that, Mike. I believe that. I totally agree with you. I think I was having a conversation with Lee, my son today, about the same thing. And he said, you know what? No club 
no club is safe, are they? They literally have got unlimited funds. They can literally, if 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 they can throw forty million for Fabinho, and like to be honest, as much as I love Fabinho at this age and at this where he is at at his stage, it's crazy money, isn't it? It it's literally. If I said to you, we all sat around and we were having a drink or just sitting down having a chat, not one of us would say he's worth forty million today. Oh. You know, so it, they're throwing ridiculous amounts of money, and I, I am like you. I'm like you, Mike. I think football. If these get it, if these carry on like they're going, and kill it, Pete. So forty million for Fabinho as an isolation. I think we had, we chatted, didn't we? Um, I think it was Jordan, the pod we did with James Pierce about Fabinho and his legs had gone. And, you know, we thought, well, you know, if we tried to sell Fabinho, there'd be no suitors, nobody would pay him the wages he wants. And we'd be lucky to get, you know, 15 million for him, you know, oh. from a club in Europe because you couldn't see where he was going to go. So in isolation, do you think... As Mike said, do you think the deal, or the proposed deal, let us say, of forty million quid for Fabinho is a is a good deal and one really even in the current situation that Liverpool couldn't turn down. In isolation, yeah, I think it is a good deal. Um, it, it's strange, actually. Just at the end of the season, we, we were having our end of season chat at the last game, and we knew the four lads that were going, and we said. Probably this is going to be Jurgen Klopp's most important transfer window since he joined Liverpool, because we all knew the midfield needed needed something, it needed something fresh, and he's addressed that with two players already. If you, if you, you know, McAllister and Saboskly. Um but if 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 a further two or three go, it's like it's like two paces forward, three steps back, isn't it? And it was going to be an important. It was going to be to me. It was. It's going to be his most important window since he joined Liverpool. But in isolation, as you go back to Fabinho, yeah, because we've all seen the dip in form for whatever reason, whether he's he's lost his legs or whether it's other things that are influencing it. You, you just don't know. Um, yeah, fine. And like I say, out of the ones who are being bandied, the names that are being bandied about. I'd probably out of the three, I'd say Fab would go first. In in, in all honesty, um, it's the other two that we, we've got to retain someone in that midfield who, even if they're not playing the full ninety minutes or the full, you know, even even every game, someone who's in. I mean, Henderson off the field is probably as important as he is on the field, to be honest. And I'll hold my hands up. Years ago, I'm going back years now, but when when it was mooted that he might go to Fulham, I was quite. Okay with that at the time, I said, "Well, you know, he's not pulling up any trees for us. Let him go." And I, I've I've been proven totally wrong with Jordan Henderson. He's probably one of the best captains the club's ever seen, not just for his playing ability, but also for the way he, he, he you know, he, he is off the field, you know. And I just think, I just think to lose two or three of that sort of ilk, um, it's going to be a big problem. Well, it's gonna be a massive problem. And like like Mike said, it, it's something it's something Jurgen Klopp doesn't like. He likes change slow. He doesn't like a full blown, you know, like these football you know, these football managers on a, on a on the internet who play every week and change the team willy nilly. 
Jürgen Klopp likes the continuity and he likes to bring people into the club to learn the Liverpool way. And it's going to be awfully difficult if we lose two or three of that standard uh, in one hit, you know. Yeah, so so thinking of what you know, Pete and Mike have said there, Tom, you know, you look you look at it and you think, you know, we're losing a homegrown player. We're also potentially losing a non-homegrown player. So that, so that would open the door, basically, for two non-homegrown players to come in because we've already got one space spare. But in the in the case of the homegrown situation, is there anybody of English nationality who's classed as homegrown who you would you would sort of say, well, you know, we could bring him in. You know, for instance, and I'm not saying we should bring any of these players in, but I'm just asking for your opinion. You've got Conor Gallagher, who's openly available for for transfer to Chelsea. You've got there's young Alex Scott from Bristol City, but again, again, he's another player who's only around about the age of twenty and will be coming up from the Championship right into the you know, to the Premier League to to hopefully get Liverpool challenging at the top and, and sort of qualifying for the for the Champions League again. You know, is there anybody else who off the top of your head who's English that you could think that you know might mention James Ward Prowse before, but he's twenty nine and, and how much would Southampton you know want for him? So I was, I was thinking of what you just said, Les Conor Gallagher, you know, um he was the one because we were interested in Conor Gallagher for quite a while, weren't we? But I, you don't know. I, I can't really think of anybody else, can you? Who who would fit what for the type of player that we're looking for? Do you know, we 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 like high press, you know, like high energy type players. And what Mike was saying about earlier on about about. Jürgen would like it. Well, that's what he was saying at the end of the season, wasn't he? You no, know, like he, with his, with his evolution, that's what he he was telling you. A few a few out to change with a few in. Not in none in his wildest dreams did he think there'd be that many. But you know what I was just thinking to myself when you were talking about when you'd had a conversation with with James Pierce today, and he he, he he was saying you know about the ongoing situation as it's going around, you would imagine that Liverpool, if these, they surely would know that these offers have been coming in, you would imagine that this would be addressed, wouldn't you? Even, they're not going to sort of sit there and wait until all the players have gone and then start thinking, well, who should we go after now? I would imagine, what's our friend's name? Schumacher. Our, our coach Georgie Schumacher, he'll be out there and, and making uh, and making contacts already. Probably within the next day or two, you'll probably find one or two come in to replace what's gone. But as Mike said, and as Peter have said, well, you, it, what you've got to do, you've got to blend them in, haven't you? Then it, you you don't just bring four or five players into a team and say throw them in a pot and say. You know, they did work together. As you said before about Casado, that's it. would he class as a whole girl as Casado? No, he wouldn't. What about Lafayette? Lafayette, Lafayette would be classed as homegrown player 
for the Premier League this season. And then yeah. after two years, he'd be just classed as a full homegrown player. But mm. for Europe this year, he'd have to be classed as a as a non-homegrown player because the mm. rules are slightly different. Um, so yeah, it is. It is one of them that you know. It's it, it's a it's a it's a strange sort of situation. I mean, I don't suppose you know if it was announced, you know, in the morning when we all woke up that your know, Liverpool were close to signing Conor Gallagher, that it would be greeted with with up, up with with welcoming eyes and ears on on, on on Twitter, Mike. So, what would your view be on? on I, I, I don't rate. I don't rate Conor Gallagher at all. I think he's a bit fly by night. He had a great, he had a great um, loan period at at, at uh, Palace, where he was a big fish in a small pond. But he went back to Chelsea and did nothing last season. I don't, I don't think he's he's certainly not a defensive midfielder. I mean, they, I mentioned it before. The only one person who I can think of that might be remotely realistic is, uh, and and the fact that he's at City makes it less realistic is. Calvin Phillips, I watched him quite a bit through my brother-in-law Woody at Leeds, and he's a really decent player. Um, and he's, Mike, and he's he, gone. He's, sorry, he's, to get here just a sec, Mike, but do, has he been knocked back with all the injuries he's had because he's missed? He's missed a lot of football, at, even at Leeds in his last season there. Too. Yeah, but he was he was fit for most of last year, and he was on the bench for most of last year, and he played like eight minutes of football. He has had some injuries, and I get that. But they've just bought uh, Kovacic as well, haven't they, from uh, yeah. um, Ch- Chelsea. So he's, he's going to be even further down the pecking order. His England chances are... are, 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 are I think he'll move. I do think he'll move. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he'll end up in Saudi. I don't know. I mean, they, they, I read that Saudis have come in for uh, Riyad Mahrez for the thirty million pound bid yeah. as well. So um, it's hard to know what's going on, isn't it? It's just it's just a unique kind of period, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a there's a tax on on English talents anyway, Pete. You know, if you look mm-hmm. around the England squad, you know, one hundred and five million. You know, Arsenal have, have supposedly bid for Declan Rice, but that that back bid now is being supposed to be agreed now for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. West Ham issued a statement last night saying that they were getting fed up waiting for Arsenal to, to get the paperwork signed. So whether there's been some sort of snag with that deal or not, I don't know. But it it just shows you, doesn't it, that the you know, if you look around the England squad in in the midfield areas. You know, is there anybody there who you would who you think would be gettable? Who you would who you would like a Liverpool, or is it just the case that you know we're gonna to have to look maybe for for sort of you know non-homegrown players who are under the age of twenty-two that will eventually become homegrown and and just watch the the new team develop. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a, a couple of names you've mentioned, Ward Prowse uh, and Phillips um, as English. I mean, there's a name, I wouldn't say I've been overly impressed if they like, go out and buy him, but it, in the predicament we may be left in, the problem is he's a Nigerian guy, then indeed in for Leicester, who gets about the pitch and throws, you know, puts his foot in and, and he could probably do the same job that the Beano's done. 
But would you be impressed if Liverpool went out and bought him? You know, would he make you sit up and take notice? Probably not, no. Now, there must be people, there must be players who I certainly don't know of who play in European and South American leagues. So once again, you're going off the, you know, the English, who we got who's English, who can, who can do the job. Um, I don't know. It just seems, it's, it's just like such a shock that three, certainly two, but three possible players are going out the door. And it's just, you know, you, you can sort of, you can sort of allow for one. But for three at the same time, um, all in the same departments in midfield, it's going to be a big, big job to try and fill those gaps. And as I say, we've got some decent young lads playing, you know, in Stefan and and, and um, Harvey Elliott and the like, and Curtis. But they, you, you wouldn't want a midfield of those three starting every week, would you? Because the young lads and you know they're a bit lightweight in fairness, so. We've got, to, we've got to try and replace these lads should they go. I mean, it'll be interesting overnight to see what we wake up to tomorrow because I'm sure the journalists, the, the reputable ones anyway, will find out a bit more. Some of the more less reputable journos might be writing stuff now that, you know, that they're making up as they go along sort of thing. Um, but, you know, the ones, who are, the ones who are mentioning the Saudis coming in with big money, they seem to know the score. These lads are not just... Some fly be nights who are on Twitter who, who make things up as they go along. Um, but I'll keep thinking of possible English replacements as we go through the programme, but I'm struggling to be honest, lads. Really am. Just don't mention Paul Konchesky coming out at any time and peace. He could be more than a double agent, he could be a triple agent. That yeah. Tom, just yeah. coming to a bit, you said something before, and I just want to. I just want to sort of get your thoughts on it on a different point of view. Well, Go back to what JP said, and, you know, I've mentioned this a couple of times, that the Saudi sort of contact the player and the player's representatives first before they, they, they contact the clubs, you know, to, to discuss a deal. Right. Do you think the club were actually aware of, you know, of, of what could possibly be happening? with Fabinho and Henderson before all this sort of broke itself in the last 24 hours. And just before you answer that, Tom, just one thing I want to ask, I put to you, because I don't know whether you've seen it, but on, on YouTube, there was, there's been a couple of programmes on Inside inside Training showing Liverpool on the, you know, the players coming back to training on the first day. And on the second one of those programmes, uh, programs it showed the the international players coming back if you like the ones who come back on Tuesday and it showed you Jordan Henderson coming in and to me when I watched him come in walk into to the accent it just didn't seem to be the Jordan Henderson of previous seasons he wasn't very he wasn't bouncy if you see what I mean he wasn't it wasn't as though Right, I can't wait to get in here and, and get started again. So maybe he had a he had the feeling that there was something going on, but that's just I just wanted to put that to you. But just going back to my first point, do you think that Liverpool might not have been aware of this could have come as much as a shock to them as it has to us? So maybe, you know, we haven't been able to get moving on deals as quickly as you know everybody would like. 
Do you remember when we when we had Paul Paul Joyce on, or, or was it JP the other week, and he was talking and he said that most deals now are done. Whereas you speak to the agents, and you speak to the agents, you say this is the price that we want. We're looking at this is, and then you the, the club are the last, you know, to the last to know. So it's it's all. So I should imagine Liverpool are doing the same sort of thing, Les. So I should imagine they have known that. You know that they were being 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 targeted and being. I'd be amazed if they didn't have a, have a clue. Be to be honest, but you know what? No, I know he was just thinking. I know we we we're talking about they've got to be homegrown, and we're thinking about players. Just you know, like a name has just come to my mind, and not even it's not even like English. But when when you're talking about midfielders, we were linked. Or, or Klopp was always linked with you know, Vivaldi in, um, um, in Real yeah. Madrid. And he was really interested in him, wasn't he? Tushimeni was another one who uh, these with the players that Real Madrid have got at the moment, eventually not all of them players are going to play. So you never know, you know, maybe he's looked and they're the type of players that he'd be looking for, wouldn't he? I don't think Jürgen Klopp is just going to be thinking mainly, especially if Lafayette, Lafayette counts as a, as a homegrown for this season in the Premier League and we've got one one space available. Do you know, so you don't know. He, he might be looking at foreign players who were, who were full internationals, who played a lot of games, who were, who were winners, who were used to winning. So maybe, maybe we're... We're, we're, you know, we're, we're worrying on toward that, you know, that we're going to be left with nothing. But as I say, I, I, what Mike said earlier, I think we best wait rather to see. I think two going, even two going, I think as bad as it would be, if we manage to keep Thiago, then that lessens the blow slightly. Do you know, but, Mike, just... Just going on there from what Tom said, in that, you know, after we'd signed Sabozalai and McAllister, you know, people were talking about, you know, what the midfield would be for the first game of the season against Chelsea. And, you know, someone to it was saying, yeah, there'll be a meltdown when the team, she comes off of Chelsea. When you see that, um, you know, Henderson, Fabinho, and, and McAllister is probably going to be the starter midfield. Now, you know, we've we've only really got, um, you know, we've got McAllister, Sabozalai, Elliot, Jones, who and, and Bichetic, and we don't even know whether Bichetic is going to be fit yet. Or, you know, they're the only ones who I think we can be sure of who are going to be, you know, Liverpool midfield players sort of next season, possibly Thiago, but we're not 100% sure on that one because if we'd have been doing this pod on Monday, we'd have been saying that Henderson and Fabinho are definitely going to be here next season. So saying that, it would be in everybody's benefit, especially Jürgen Klopp's, that Liverpool would have to get deals done quickly to get the players to the training camp, at least by, I would say, the middle of next week so that they can start preparing and hopefully you'll get some sort of you know, coordinated midfield ready 
um, for the start of the season. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. It's just scary, you know. Yeah. I, I, I haven't a clue. I, I, I do believe, and you, you're right about we don't know about his fitness, but I do believe Pachetic will be somebody that we can call on as a regular starter next year. Now, whether we're going to put all our hopes into him as our number six, I don't know. But I, I think he's an absolutely brilliant player. You know, great potential. But if we sell three, we've got to at least buy two. We've got to. We've, we've no choice but to buy two. Um, I mean... There's, a, there's a, a, potentially an eighth going out because I heard that Nat Phillips, admittedly, he's our fifth choice centre half, but he's homegrown and 8.5 million takes him to Leeds, I read the other day. So uh, it, yeah. there's, 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 the squad is being vacated quicker, quicker than um, Jurgen was planning, I'm sure, about it. So, yeah. <laughs> There must be a lot going on, a lot of work yeah. going on behind the scenes at Liverpool. I think there'll be a few sleepless nights for the backroom lads who are sorting these out. But out of the, the, the two at Madrid that Tom mentioned, um, I think I'd like Valverde. I think he's a smashing player. Whether our money will buy him, whether he'll want to come is another thing. Tushimani, I was disappointed we never got him. Um, but whether he would he would look on it as a disappointment that he never made it at Madrid and he'd come to Liverpool, I don't know. I think he, he was quoted as saying when he went there, you just, you know, as most of them, like Bellingham has said as well, you just don't turn Madrid down. You, you go and, and make a fist of it. So he'll probably want a, a season to try and get in. I've been looking while we Gavin. The only other English, I mean, I'm looking through the current England midfielders, if you want, and obviously Bellingham, that ship sailed. You're not going to get Saka or Grealish, or Foden. Um, Declan Rice, even though the deal's not done, it's more or less nailed on. Mount, I was never keen on anyway, in fairness. Uh, I wasn't overly, you know, joyous when we were linked with Mount, although obviously Jürgen saw something in him. So you've got Calvin Phillips. Madison's gone to Tottenham, who once again would he have fitted the mould? Don't know. But one lad I like, Although he's, he's, I wouldn't call him a number six, is the lad of Palace, that ever at Chiazzi. I think he's a great player. Yeah. Um, he, he's raw, but he, he, he could be a really good player, but he, he's probably similar yeah. to maybe what we've got with McAllister and, and Dominic. You know, yeah. he's probably in a similar vein. And it, it's like you say, it's more of a, a defensive midfielder that we're looking for. But I do like that lad of Palace. I think he's a really good player. Yeah, there's another is, thing, Les. There's another thing I was just thinking of. You know, with Trent, we might look at a fullback, you know, and yeah. then move move Trent into the midfield. And you know, there's a there's a big there's a big plus because you build a, you can build a team around Trent in that position. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be ideal, Tom. If we if Liverpool went out and could do a deal for Cancelo, I think mm. that would be. That would be ideal. Having Concedo in there with with Trent and Concedo could always, you know, as covered as right back as well. But it's as we said before, it's whether you know he's sort of intimated to to his camp, to 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 his club, and to Liverpool when they've when they've sort of inquired 
that his his heart is set on a move to Chelsea. Now, whether mm. Liverpool <laughs> change his mind, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I see what you say. If the because going by off what Mike said, let's not forget in the first home game of last season, right? Liverpool had to call on Nat Phillips to start. Now, if you're taking this this a step further, this Fabinho and Henderson news a, a step further, in lockdown season, when we had the the centre-half shortages to injuries, it was Henderson and Fabinho who were times who were playing centre-back. So, if not Phillips is out the door, Reese Williams has already gone out on loan, Seth Vandenberg has gone out on loan and joined Mans today. None of the none of the other kids are ready. So you've got Billy Cometio, who's nowhere near ready. He, he turns slower than the than, than the QE two. You've got Kwanzaa, who had a, a bit of a loan spell at Bristol Rovers, I think, in the second half of last season. Has got potential, but I think he lacks a little bit of pace. He's quicker than Reese Williams. But he still lacks a little bit of pace, and again, it'd be it'd be a massive ask, you know, to to throw him into for the run of games in the in the Premier League, and all of a sudden you've lost you've lost your sort of safety nets there with Henderson and Fabinho. So, so then, as Tom's just said, you know, there could be a, there's a possibility of another right back coming in. Um, so, as I say, it's. It's all it's all really worrying where it's it's exciting on one hand but worrying on the other because you've got no certainty in where your squad's gonna be at the minute. Because if you're looking around, we've got Trent and young Connor Bradley, who uh, the only two recognised right backs, if you like, but Joe Gomez who can play there, but he might also be needed for, for centre back. So we certainly need somebody who could come in. And also in an emergency, cover a centre back. So, Pete, I'll come back to you on this. Where do you where do you see all this sort of ending up? You know, I'm, you know, as I say, I, I think Tom hit the nail on the head when we started the pod, and he said, you know, it looks like it's going to be more like a revolution than an evolution. But and you know, if you look around the back, you know, Joe Gomez, Canate, and Matip. Haven't got the best injury records. No. And so, Ramsey's gone out on loan, hasn't he, as well? Yeah, Ramsey's gone out on loan as well. So, yeah, so we're looking pretty sparse, in fairness. I've just been looking on Twitter while we've been gabbing, and some Liverpool fans just said, if, if Rice hasn't signed for Arsenal, why don't we go all out and get him? You know, if, if it's not a done deal. There's, there's so many permutations you can think of. Um. Well, you know, would Liverpool or would FSG, for that matter, would they pay that much for one player? But maybe our hand's going to be forced on this. <clears throat> there's there's rumours that the Fabino deal is already done and dusted, so yeah. he's definitely out the door. Um, and it's looking more like 70-30 for Hendo to go. And it's, it's been a bit quiet on the Thiago front. But even with them two gone, big bloody boots to fill, you know. Considering yeah. what the people has over the last few years. So, as I say, they're going to be burning the midnight oil for quite a few nights to come until they get something sorted. Um, and as as we were talking about midfielders, English midfielders, 
I can't think of a of a right back. If we push Trent into midfield, you know, full time, I can't think of one off the top of my head that would be available. I know, um, you know, City is still trying to keep older Walker, aren't he? Um, yeah, he wouldn't come to us, would he? He wouldn't come to us, and it wouldn't, you know, the, the two clubs wouldn't do business. You know, I think the last time was probably business was done with Sterling, was it when he went up there? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's a bloody conundrum. And as I say, I just hope that Liverpool had the thinking caps on before all this came about. You know, that they, they must look and say, well, you know, what if, even if it's not a transfer, what happens if we lose A, B or C with a long-term injury? Is there someone in mind that we can come in to fill that gap? And I think it's more like personnel coming in to actually play the Liverpool way. As getting just big names, hoping they'll click. There must be players out there that clock and his, his coaches say he fits our system ideal. It may be, as I say, someone we don't even know about, someone who's in the Bundesliga or, you know, even in the Italian league or whatever. But there's names out there. They they live and breathe breathe football every day of the week, and they must know that there's there's players out there that can do the job for Liverpool without disrupting the whole base of the team we don't have to play a different way just to accommodate one player you know one name will throw at you Mike you'll, and again you're probably not an ideal candidate but an English right back is Kyle Walker-Peters um, again I think he's in maybe the last year of his contract at Southampton you know, would he be sort of you know, a short term answer to to the problems it, we've got. It, it just depends, doesn't it? It just depends what he wants to do with Trent. Um, I think this is just going to... This will have changed our whole policy of what we were looking at. The big story of late has been Levi Colwell, hasn't it? Coming yeah. in, to, to bring him in to bolster the centre row. I think they probably view that maybe they've got... You know, without any of those players going out in midfield, I think they maybe thought they'd covered the midfield. Um, and then they were going to bring Colwell in, probably to uh, come in for when Matic went out, because he's has he got one year left or whatever. But the whole thing's changed now. The whole view has changed. Colwell would, Colwell would be homegrown. Um, it, 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 the whole plan uh, has completely changed now because of this. And it all it depends ultimately. So we were reading stories that uh, from now on, if we want to buy any more, we've got to sell to buy. But does that mean that there was absolutely zero left in the budget, or there was maybe fifteen, twenty million, which means that you know we couldn't buy anything with that, so we need to sell so that we could spend decent money on somebody. So. What the, what money have we got? Let, let's say we sell two of the midfielders and, and maybe make sixty million. What other money have we got on top of that? Because if we've if we've got another twenty five million on top of that, we can maybe buy Caicedo. Um, but we just don't know. I, mean, I don't, Mike. I don't think it was a case. <laughs> I, I think it depends which way you read the article. I think that what it said was that it wasn't so much that Liverpool didn't have any more money to spend. It was Klopp was worried about the amount of game time the players would get if any more midfield players come in. So that's why it was intimated that one would have to leave before any more come in. Yeah. 
Um, so that didn't say that, you know, that was it. That was the budget spent on the on the two midfielders to come in. What that was saying, and I think possibly that the, the the thought process at the time was that Thiago was possibly the one who was going yeah, yeah. down. Right. So they so they thought, well, once Thiago goes out the door, then you know, we'll try and get a, a deal done for Lavia yeah. because he can then learn off Henderson and Fabinho. And I've still got Henderson and Fabinho to cover. You know, for centre back, yeah. you know, if needed, and Henderson could possibly also cover the right back area. So, Tom, are you with with sort of you know the uncertainty? You know, with, with, if you think about it, it's looking likely that we're going to lose two players. One our captain, what he's got, although he's thirty three, he's still got two years left on his contract, and our, our number six who has got three years left on his contract and yet we're going to get decent money for both of them. But are you worried that you know, a cheeky bid could come in for Joel Matip, who's only got a year left, or for a, you know, and we've already discussed Thiago. And the second question I want to put to you, Tom, is if, just a more so the Jordan Henderson situation, if um, the, the team in Saudi who've offered him this big contract refused to pay a fee for Jordan Henderson. Right. Is there any coming back from this for Jordan Henderson in terms of, you know, if, if the deal didn't go through, could he stay as captain? You know, what would his attitude be like if the, you know, would he have a, you know, a, a, a sort of city lip on, so to speak, with the club for, um, for not, you know, for not allowing him to go and, and losing that big payday, so it, it, it there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts still to these to these deals. Do you know what, Les? I I was it's a good point about Matip. We were we had this discussion didn't we last week, and I think you were saying like they were offering they were thinking of offering him a deal, ready or a, yeah. was it a one year deal? And um, so I'm I'm not so sure about Matip and go. I, I don't think that. Do you know what? I'm an optimist, me. I'm, I'm, do you know what? While while this is this is this is a blow at the moment, and you know we, we we're all feeling a bit low because of, it's come right out of the blue. Do you know? I'm absolutely positive that the, the, you know most of the things that these have done, or generally have been have been good things. They seem to know what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? And I can't believe, I can't believe. They, like that, we we are going to fall apart because Jordan Henderson at thirty three is going to go, and Fabinho, who most players were saying would have gone. You know, a lot of people. If you asked ninety percent of the, the supporters at the end of last season, they'd probably say they would. They thought Fabinho would go anyhow. So, I, so I, I, I'm not looking at it like the end. Of the, I'm not looking at the end, and it's going to be a terrible dilemma. I think Jurgen Klopp, while he doesn't, while, while he doesn't like change or he doesn't like things, I'm sure he'd be prepared for it, and I'm sure the club will be prepared for it. And you know, I wouldn't be. What I'm saying to you earlier on, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of players coming in very quickly. I think I might name the player there, Colwell. I'm absolutely sure that 
if, if they if he comes back and says he wants out at Chelsea, I'm absolutely sure Liverpool will go for that lad, and I'm absolutely sure that we'll end up getting him. I, I don't, I really don't. I, I can't see us getting into the, this position where we where we built, and there's a lot of positivity. I I I don't really want it, you know, like to it to be like a, like a totally negative thing because I do believe whatever happens. We'll be okay next season, no matter what. We because we've got quality players. You know, at the end of the day, whether whether we what we, what we look at, McAllister is a quality player, a top quality player, something that we didn't have last season. You know, Curtis Jones has improved no end. Trent, if he goes into midfield, is is as good as anybody out there. You know, and Subozla. Comes with a fantastic reputation. Now, it might take the lad a little bit of time to settle, but there's a footballer there, a really good footballer. So, I'm pathetic. Every one of us looks at the lad and thinks, you know, the, he's going to be a star, a superstar. So, like, we, we're, we're not, I'm not, while it's not ideal, I, I do believe that the club will sort something out in the next in the next 48 hours, like what you said earlier. I think Liverpool, while this is happening, if they've accepted the bid, if they've accepted the bid, I'm absolutely sure Liverpool are in contact with somebody to be buying somebody. Yeah, I mean, Pete, they have shown Liverpool, haven't they, to be fair, that when they set the sights on a particular player, they get the deal done really quickly. Look at Sabozalai, you know, we were linked with them. There was a sort of tentative link on the Wednesday or the Thursday. On the Friday, you know, the, the noise has got a little bit louder. And then by by sort of mid-afternoon on the Friday, it was it was all systems go, basically. And then by the by Sunday, sort of mid-afternoon, he was there at the actor, you know, doing his lean, so to speak. So you know, it, it's not. I don't think. I don't think anybody's being too down. I, I just think that it's we're all in a little bit of a, an unknown at the minute. Because I think, mm. Peter, I I think Tom made a good point there. Where you know, as I said on the, you know, on the pod with JP, there was a there was a, a, a sort of reasoning that all our midfielders, apart from Bajetic and Jones, you know, could be could be sold. Um, or leave the club and be replaced. And that, you know, little did I know that like three or four weeks after we did that pod, that, you know, that could be the actual scenario. Yeah, so, I think I think a lot of this at the minute is smoke and mirrors, to be honest, because we're, we're getting linked even before this broke last night, this morning, the news of the Saudi bids. Um, we were getting linked with, Uncle Tom Cobbley and all. It was everyone and anyone was going to go to Liverpool. And now this has broken out. It's probably doubled as well. So, you know, but it's like, like you mentioned about transfers out of the out of the, the red, out of the blue. Um, Luis Diaz was another one we were linked with him. And then there was the whispers that Tottenham were on the, the fringes as well. And suddenly he's over there signing. You know, Darwin Nunes was, wasn't so protracted as transfers go. You look at the, the Rice transfer to Arsenal and that, that they could make a soap opera out of that how many weeks has that been going on so as I say I think a lot of it is smoke and mirrors and 
I'm sure Liverpool won't allow themselves to be in such a predicament that they kick off the new season with, you know, with a deficient midfield. Um, but like you say, allowing for the, the lads who would be left, you'd still have confidence in them. It's just the, I, I just think I'd like I'd like one of the one of the three who are being mooted as leaving. I'd like one of them to stay, if only for their off-field um, input. And, and out of the three, that would be Jordan Henderson for me. Now, whether it's, you know, at the end of the day, Liverpool block any move to Saudi or whether they grant him, you know, grace and say, no, you know, good with our, go with our goodwill. Um, but I'd certainly want one of the elder statesmen, if I put it like that, to stay, just to bring on it, you know, the, the kids who are already there and the new players who've come in, like, even though McAllister's a World Cup winner, he's new to Liverpool. You know, the Hungarian lad is new to Liverpool and they're going to need some guidance both on and off the field, you know. Yeah. It's not helping them settle in, is it, Tom, as well? You know, with the with a little bit of the uncertainty surrounding, you know, two of the more established midfield players. And another thing that, that sort of come to mind is that you know, we as football fans look at things totally different, I think, to, to professional footballers. I mean, you hear people talking and they'll say, for example, oh, we need to we need to buy at least three new midfielders. Well, in the in, in the majority of cases, if you're going out and spending money on three new midfielders, those three new midfielders are expected or are expecting themselves to start the majority of the games. So then your existing midfielders who've been your first choices, they're not necessarily going to do what, what the fans are sort of talking about and think, OK, I'm going to be happy sitting on the bench now because, yeah, I understand that we didn't play that well last year. You know, so I don't mind sorting out that I'm on the bench and, and like Hendo's thinking, yeah, I'm quite happy to be the new James Milner. Or Fabinho thinking, yeah, I don't mind sort of spending the majority of time on the bench. That just doesn't happen. You know, Thiago, when he when he was sort of back fifth for the look for the for the few games that he was um at towards the end of last season, he was on the bench. So he wasn't getting the start whereas previously to that he'd always started. And it's it's really difficult to expect players who were regular starters to become bench warmers, so to speak. And I think that's probably played a played a part in the thinking maybe of some of the players. I mean, it's all right saying Jordan Henderson's thirty three, but he's a thirty three year old who wants to play football games, and if he he's the captain, so if he see feels that his 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 path is blocked or he's not going to be a regular starter, then you know that might be a reason why he's doing what he's doing, and Fabinho is doing the same. What do you reckon? Probably too, Les. It, what, what the report was that he had a conversation with, with, with Jürgen Klopp, and I'm sure Jürgen has probably said, like, I can't guarantee you a game every week. Or, you know, with the players that we've got coming in or coming through, that you're going to play a lot of games. So, you, as you say, once they get to this age, they, they, they want to play football, don't they? Because time is catching up with them. So they, they want to play. And I suppose I suppose for that reason, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. But 
you know, it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting for the next two days or three days, isn't it? I think. Yeah, Mike. How many play? What? Well, well, first of all, would you expect both Henderson and, and Fabinho to be not Liverpool players and not go on the tour? It's sounding very much like that. I was just reading some figures that um, if what we're told is true, Jordan Henderson will become the fifth best player in the world. Only Ronaldo, Messi, Mbappe and Neymar are paid more. Uh, it's hard to turn down that. The only the only reason I could see him turning that down because I think I think what the guys have said already. He said, now, I envisaged him being slightly marginalised this season, almost playing the Milner role where he'd be regularly on the bench, regularly coming on and, and filling in when needed, possibly playing a little bit more than Milner did last year. But he certainly wouldn't be guaranteed a start. And with the World Cup coming up uh, or the Euros coming up, he, he it's his last swan song, potentially, so... I can see why he'd want to go. Seven hundred thousand a week. The, the only the only issue he's got is that is the kind of politics of it, isn't it? Whereas he's been outspoken um, on those on those subjects, and now it feels that's at odds with the decision to to go to that part of the world. But that's the only thing I can see stopping him. Fabinho, from what the guys have said, sounds like he's gone. So those two are out the door. They need to get as much. They, they, need, they need to try and get forty million for Henderson as well. Just if they've yeah. got money to burn, try and get as much out of them as possible. Yeah, they're, apparently they're, they're trying to get him on a free transfer, and they're trying to play the game. Well, if we don't get him on a free transfer, then we don't want him. But that would tell that would tell me if I was Jordan Henderson that basically, you know, why have I put myself through all this? Because if they're not willing to pay for me, then they don't really want me. Um, so, Pete, if the if the Jordan Henderson deal didn't go through, um, do you think there's there's any way back for him at Liverpool after you know all the reports have indicated that he wanted to go? Could he keep the captaincy? That's a good one. Um, I think he possibly could, but I think it if he stayed, it would also be down to game time, and I think as as you've alluded to earlier on, I think Jurgen Klopp has said to him, look, you're not going to get as many minutes, you, you know, as you used to. Um, I don't think he's, 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 I don't think he's been quoted in any of the papers or any of the journals actually saying he wants to move. He's probably just had his head turned with the amount of money. But like you said at the start of the programme, if you're earning 200,000 a week, what are you going to do with the other 500,000? You can only drive one car, you can only live in one house at a time. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think he, I think he'd be in turmoil, to be honest. His head must be spinning because, like I say, he's, he's been a champion for some of these causes, you know, the, you know, like the LGBT and he's, he's been championing food banks and things like that. And then to go to a state that doesn't have the best record, shall I say, being politically correct. Um, you know, he, he might think twice about doing something like that. And if he did decide to come out and say, no, I'm not going there for the X, Y and Z reasons, I think he'd be welcome back to Liverpool as as a hero more than he already is because 
I've said for a few times now, I said, I'm not saying everyone who goes to Anfield are the socialists, but we seem to have socialist principles at this club. We, we're quite aligned with Celtic on that score, where we support Palestine and stuff like that. And I think if he came back to the club after saying to the Saudis, no thanks, I think it, it would hold him in great stead. Whether he'd keep the captaincy, I don't know. I think maybe it's time for a change. Whether he'd give it to Virgil or... There's been a few shouts on Twitter for even Trent to be made the captain now. So it's going to be an interesting few, well, a few days. I was going to say a few weeks, but the next few days are going to be critical, I think. Tom, do you think there's any way back for Hendal? And, you know, just playing devil's advocate a little bit here, that if if the sort of deal started to go cold from the Saudi side because they didn't want to pay a fee for them, and then he come out and he said, oh, you know, I'm not going to go because of because of... You know, all the reasons that Pete just mentioned, right? Do you think people would look about at that and say, yeah, you're only saying that because now the Saudis have gone cold on the deal? Or do you think they would actually believe him? Or has he basically you know, lost that one already You know, with, with, with everything that's happened in the last sort of 24 hours, with his camp indicating and all the, the journalists we believe indicating that you know, he has agreed to go there. So that's why I'm wondering, do you see a way back for him? Yeah, I'm sure they would if it, if it fell through, Les. I I'm just reading here then. It's, uh, well, they're saying they'll walk away from a Jordan Henderson deal if Liverpool asks for the reported £20 million fee. So, like, Liverpool have threw a figure out. Liverpool have threw a figure out. But, do you know what? I think they would really, wouldn't he? And who's head wouldn't be turned? I don't. At the end of the day, you know, like what I said before, but before the pod started, you know, it's not only just life changing money for for Jordan Henderson and his family. It's 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 life changing that amount of money for two seasons for the, for a young man. It could have changed the, the the grandchildren's life and everybody's life. It's a phenomenal amount of money, isn't it? You know. And I know, I know what all everybody says, but what I've always said about footballers, and it started after Fernando Torres for me. At the end of the day, it's a job to these boys. They they, they love the club, they love everything, they, they buy into it. But at the end of the day, it's a job to these lads, isn't it? And this is this basically is a, is a last job for him. If it falls through, I'm sure there wouldn't be. Not many Liverpoolians would be on his case. I really wouldn't. I, I, I find it difficult. I think you get idiots who would, but I think the majority of people would probably look at it. Sensible. I think Liverpool are probably looking for about ten million pound. Yeah, I, I think why by throwing a ridiculous figure out like twenty, they're not going to get twenty for them. But they, they're probably looking at what they paid for like some Mendy. And people like that, they paid 15 million, haven't they? So I suppose Liverpool are looking. If they get 10, 15, they did take it. But if the lads, he was going to turn down 700,000 pounds a week, like Mike said before, it's the fourth, fourth or fifth highest pay, paid player. It's 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 ridiculous money. But Mike, Mike is, it, is it as Tom said, though? Is it like changing money for somebody like Jordan Henderson? I know what you said before, where you said he'd become the fifth highest player 
young world football behind some of the some of the greats who you mentioned there. But is it like changing money when you're already earning what what the vast majority of people would say is already like changing money that he's already on now? Because as somebody said said before, you know, when I was chatting to them at work today, you know, if he buys a, a holiday home in Dubai, he buys one in Florida, he buys one in Spain and one in Italy, he can only live in one, one of those holiday homes at a time. He can only drive one car at a time. He can only fly in one private jet at a time. So how much money do you actually need to sort of to make your life comfortable for the rest of your days? I mean, I think for, for most of us on this podcast, you know, one month of Jordan Henderson's wages would set us up for life. You know what I mean? So you don't really need to be getting paid the vast sums of money that he's been offered. And I'm only playing devil's advocate here, by the way. And I'm just sort of saying that, you know, if Jordan Henderson ends up not going to Saudi, he's not going to be poorly paid, is he? No, I mean, I, I, I don't... It's all funny money. It's all it's all the wooden dollars as far as we're concerned, isn't it? So, I, I don't know. It, it, you know, it, you, you'd be a, a very strange person to go, I'm going to... I'm going to turn down an extra half a million pound a week uh, wage. In terms of the question of is there a way back for him, well, Stephen Gerrard did it, didn't he? He said he wanted to go. And he and he didn't go. And he retained the captaincy and he retained the love of, of the fans. I don't see that changing. Uh, uh, Jordan Henderson has already got more people, more haters than Stephen Gerrard ever had. Um, and they'll carry on not liking him, and the people who always liked and respected him will carry on liking and respecting him. Whatever the reason that it falls falls through, to be honest, I, I think if it falls through because of Liverpool refusing to accept a, um, a fee for him and he comes back, he is not the type of player to have the, the, the wobbling bottom lip. He would just crack on um, and... and you know, he will probably think it's a bit of a shame, but but you know, he's earned the he's earned the um, respect. He's got the brownie points in the locker from for everything he's done for us before. To, for us to just look past this and move forward. If he stays, he stays. I don't think he will though. Not not from what we're hearing. Right. Just one final, one final sort of question from you to you all. Um, but this time next week, will Henderson and Fabinho both still be here? <laughs> still be here, and if so, which one? And will we have at least one new player in the squad by this time next week? Start with you, Pete. Um, I think Fab will go. Fabinho will go. I think Henderson might still be here. And yes, I think we'll have a new face as well. Tom? I think Henderson will be gone, and I think Fabinho will be gone, and I think we'll have two players in Les. Right, Mike? I think they'll both be gone. I think we'll still be working on this time next week, we'll still be working on replacement. Okay. Well, my view is 
I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree with Pete to a degree that I think Fabinho's will be done quite quickly. And I also think that Jordan Henderson's might take a little bit longer with the um you know with, with them haggling over a fee. Um and I think there's a, a possibility that we could get one in um while we're while we're at the, the training camp in Germany before the end of next week. But we will say it's certainly going to be an interesting 48 hours from now and then an interesting last few weeks of the window because after what's happened in the last 24 hours, anything could happen. So on that note, I'd like to thank Tom and Pete as always, our guest Mike Wilson for joining us tonight. And as always, justice for the 97. You'll never walk alone and don't bite the sun. Until next time, don't just remember, please give us a, a like and a follow and a subscribe. See you all soon.